So welcome to another episode of 15 Minutes with 15 West. I'm very, very delighted to share that I'm here with Neil Carberry, who is the CEO um, of the Recruitment Employment Federation, um, commonly known as REC. Um, Neil, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy man. Well, really, real pleasure to join you and uh, have a chat through some of the uh, some of the big opportunities I think we've got as an industry going forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, Neil, do you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about what you do, um, how you got into recruitment in the recruitment world, and uh, a bit more about the REC? So let's start with the REC and we'll work back uh, to me. The REC is the UK's uh, industry and professional body for uh, recruitment and staffing firms. We've got about uh, 3,300 companies as members and about 10,000 individual uh, members in our professional body, uh, REC professional, doing all sorts of uh, professional development work uh, with us as well as uh, the kind of representative work that you might see the REC doing in in the press. Uh, alongside that, we're part of a global network, the World Employment Confederation. So, you know, listeners in the United States will know the American Staffing Association, and my opposite number there, Richard Valkust. And we work together globally uh, at all levels of uh, international thinking about work and the future of work and skills and regulation through uh, the WEC. Personally, I started as a recruiter. Uh, I was a recruiter for the first four or five years of my career um, in uh, the City of London. Um, I then decided to broaden my wings just a little bit, got into employment relations, uh, uh, ended up working for 14 years at the CBI, which is Britain's uh, overarching industry body for Business Voice, uh, leading on all aspects of work and the regulation of work for them. Uh, I guiltily hold my hand up as being the person who was on the CBI side of the CBI-TUC deal that brought the agency worker regulations to bear in the United Kingdom. and and. I think colleagues describe that as a bit of a boot camp for running the REC. So 15 years uh, at uh, one of the uh, the largest uh, member organisations in the country and a, and a grounding in recruitment that feels like a well, feels like the REC is a pretty natural place to land. Absolutely. And I suppose in your capacity as CEO, you've obviously got a unique, a very unique and very comprehensive view of the recruitment industry. And obviously the last 12, 18 months has been a very interesting time in recruitment, but I feel like we're coming, definitely coming out of the the other side. You know, is there any, can you sort of summarise for you what you've seen over the last, impossible to summarise within a few minutes, but some of the, some of the key things you've seen over the last 12 months and what you think that is, that means for the for the next 12 months so i think march 2020 lives long in the memory because of the way we went in um, yeah, i remember um at the beginning of the uh the week that uh that it all really kicked off in the uk market we were actually having a wc me- uh, meeting i was with richard and uh, we were discussing some so, some issues there and in the background my phone was just pinging with people saying that their whiteboards were just emptying and it happened very quickly almost over a weekend yeah, yeah. that uh, th- that we went in and traditionally we've seen uh, recessions coming a little bit in recruitment because temp goes off and then perm goes off and then temp comes back and perm comes back but of course we went very rapidly off a cliff and I think the scary period of any recession is when you can't see the bottom yeah um, and we saw some really robust and resilient action by recruiters getting hold of their cash flows, understanding where clients were, um, not acting too hastily. We, you know, we threw at the REC loads of effort in behind the CBI, getting the furlough scheme 
up and ru up and running, which has been super useful in retaining the capacity of the industry. Um, and then actually, we've seen more of a bounce back and a quicker bounce back than I think many people experience. I think if you're a perm only recruitment business, it's been really, really tough. Mm. Uh, but staffing businesses, temp businesses, we in, certainly in the UK, we've seen recover, start to recover in April, May last year and have a fairly steady recovery. Obviously, we won't be fully back to where we were before until we're through the, the pandemic. But there's a real sense that uh, the the uh, industry is reshaped behind that uh, behind that. I think Perm is starting to come back now uh, in the UK. It's taken a bit longer. But I do think the level of economic change that we're seeing, the amount of reshaping that clients are doing means that 20, if 2020 was a horror show of getting control of our organisations and get, getting fit for some pretty lean times, 2021 is really an, an opportunity rich environment to take those new fit recruitment firms that we're we're looking that, that we've got and really help clients take advantage of the recovery we're certainly seeing you know coming to to your world we're certainly seeing lots of hiring activity inside recruitment firms in the uk right now as they're looking to bring on consultants to meet that demand are there any particular sectors that you're seeing really sort of bouncing back quicker than others well i think the um the, the pandemic still drives people's decision making in all sorts of ways. So, you know, IT did not fall back that much in 2020 and it's still powering ahead. We've yeah. certainly seen construction recover very strongly. Sites, of course, have been open in the UK through this last uh, period. Um, the, the, the sectors that have had more more of a challenge are the ones which um, uh, which have been affected by closures. The difference there is picking what's a secular trend, to use mm -hmm. the economist jargon, you know, what is a, a drop that will continue being a drop as we recover, um, and what is a, a cyclical trend. I think we all think restaurants are going to be a thing in, mm -hmm. in 2022 and 2023. Certainly, I hope they are. Um, and uh, therefore, we can see potentially quite a big recovery in hospitality uh, as uh, and leisure as as things uh, even out and we get past the pandemic. Mm, absolutely. I think one of the sectors I found, like accounting and finance, like fell off massively, fell off the cliff in 2020. But that's like bounced back so quickly in the last few months. Like every single person wants to hire an accounting and finance recruiter or somebody finance related. So we're definitely yeah. seeing that. It's an interesting one now. People are getting back in the offices, and people can go in and yeah, audit and do all of that sort of stuff. Um, I think they. I think there's there's something in that as well. In as much as office recruitment suffered a bit last year, I think it's come back, but it's come back at senior level where people can plug in quite quickly. Um, people whose skills and CVs they know and understand. I think the real focus for all of us is early career where um, I, I think there's less confidence to hire early career workers now because people want to be able to put a, a support structure around them that will only really come with normal operation in the office. Yeah, 100%. I think the, the, the companies, and they weren't necessarily our clients, but the companies we saw, the recruitment companies, you know, suffer the most were those that had that, you know, very junior level kind of grad-led models almost. And, uh, you know, I think they did take the impact, you know, heavily. But I, I've heard from colleagues that... Um, graduate recruitment is coming back in the last last few weeks especially I think one of my one of the we work with another another rectorate business occasionally and she's just taken on 20 roles 20 grad roles so that's you know a positive from from that point of view so I think that will come back as you say as people get back into the office so um and I guess just in terms of you know what it means what 
2020 meant for, for recruitment um, and sort of our relationships with our clients and our candidates. How, how do you think as recruiters, you know, given what we've all been through, we should be positioning ourselves now in the market? Well, we've just launched at the REC the uh, recruitment and recovery campaign. It is a campaign, it's not just a report, but okay. what we're trying to get across there is the value that the industry delivers uh, in terms of its down, not just what we build, but our downstream impact on productivity and engagement and innovation and inclusion in the in the UK economy. And when you look at it, you know, you you find that you place recruitment in the top tier of professional services sectors with accountancy, with the law, uh, as a place where um, that's making a real difference to client businesses. And that that I think suggests a few things built on the experience of the last year. You know, it was great recently to have National Health Service in England come into the REC's healthcare group and say, you know, we couldn't have done this, got through this without you. Yeah. Um, say, look at, okay. uh, you know, members of the REC who are putting literally tens of thousands of people into the supermarkets, into the food supply chain. As a sector, we kept the wheels going yeah. of, the, uh, of the economy last year. And I think there's a a bit of pride that comes from that. Um, there's a bit of pride that comes from the scale of the downstream effects we deliver that we set out in our recruitment and recovery report. And I think the two messages there, one's to government, which is you know, the, the flexible labour market um, and, uh, and a really vibrant discussion about employment and skills and progression. That's really important to being the country I think we all want uh, the UK to be. And yeah. that involves involving the recruitment sector in policy discussions so that things don't just work for people who work like civil servants. They work for people who work portfolio careers, people who are doing temp jobs, people who are working part time. That, that, that there's a great diversity of assets. But for clients, it's also about saying you wouldn't go to court without the best lawyers. You tell us that hiring and your staff is yeah, next to the quality of your product, the most important thing about your business. Yeah. So how are we doing that together? Yeah. You know, when I'm feeling flippant, I say, you, you tell me people are your greatest asset. Why do you buy them like you buy paper clips? <laughs> uh, but there's there is something in that, and I do see across our membership, you know, a greater push towards thinking about partnership, a greater push to you know yeah. recruiters holding their head high about the value we deliver and trying to have a discussion that's much more about exclusivity, much more about advisory and service led yeah. um, and, and you know, self, uh, self-interestedly, it needs to be about that because a lot of that um, more um, process based stuff we know is going to be whittled away by technology in the, in the months and years to come. The advisory space, much, much more uh, scope for in, for players in the industry to make a real difference. Yeah, I think it's about measuring the impact as well. Like recruiters have such a reputation of just sort of hitting and hoping. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, we as a business are very much like partnering with our, our clients and saying, right, we're actually going to give you a return on investment. We're going to tell you what this person has contributed to your business. So I think, you know, if recruitment companies can, can do that and prove the impact that they're making to their clients. I don't think that's really something the recruitment industry kind of focused on in the past. I think that's where um, we want the recruitment uh, uh, and recovery campaign to lead us is exactly that thinking of let's be proud of what we do. Let's hold our heads high 
and let's sell on the value that we deliver. Because, you know, as, uh, as a chief executive of one nameless large staffing firm would say, if we engage in a, a race to the bottom, the risk isn't that you lose it. The risk is you win it and then you're at the bottom. And yeah. what we've got is a massive top line that's generating no bottom line whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not where we want to be. No, absolutely. That's very, very interesting. Right. And just in terms of like the, you obviously mentioned you, you do a lot of international, you set on quite a few international boards. The UK recruitment industry versus the rest of the world, where where do we sit in, in sort of, yeah, in that? Are we ahead of, of the rest of the world in this kind of adding value um, conversation or where, where do you think we are? Um, so the, the UK is one of the top markets globally and just uh, recently we published the World Employment Confederation Economic Report which sets out the position of the different markets and the UK's top uh, 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 top three obviously United States is an enormous market Japan's an enormous market proportionally actually after the UK the Netherlands is one of the biggest markets in the, in the world yeah, we see in, a lot of our clients opening offices in Netherlands at the moment yeah really robust uh, uh, private private sector market there. Um, Germany a bit a bit smaller, um, uh, France the same, but I think people are coming to see the value the industry can deliver there too. So the way I'd, I'd view it is the UK is, um, it, it, in many ways, is quite a good place to, to grow internationally from. And that's what we talk to REC members about, which is, you know, us using the WEC links to help members grow internationally because the market is simultaneously quite mature. Mm-hmm. It's probably competitive terms as competitive as anywhere in the world. I'd say probably the US is maybe a step ahead of us in thinking about what uh, recruitment technology can do to drive our uh, drive our industry. Having said that, I'm fond of saying just because you can doesn't mean you should when it comes to technology. I think the UK could be a market leader in the balance of what can we do with AI and and how can we make it work effectively and take into account all of the kind of ethical advantages. One of the interesting bits of work we're doing at the REC at the moment is with the Centre for Data Ethics and Innovation, which is a government body about, well, how how should AI be used in in recruitment because there's a real risk there's massive productivity mm-hmm. advantage potentially but it, if you get to a position where it's challengeable in what it does in terms of fairness um then you might get a regulatory barrier come comes down that just locks all that productivity away so i, th- I think the uk is in quite a sweet spot of being up with the game on technology uh being a, a, in a good space to think about the balance of compliance and ethics and professional standards in that competitive market and i think importantly being really entrepreneurial and and that i think is important because you know let's go back to the to the issue that we all spent all our time talking about before the coronavirus um ex britain's exports as a service economy are going to be service exports recruitment is a great example of the kind of service we can uh, we can export and I know uh, you've been helping firms uh, scale in the US that I think is really important along with all the other major markets Canada India Japan Australia New Zealand the Gulf and of course Europe yeah yeah it is I think the UK companies in the US have been very successful in you know, bringing a, a UK sort of yeah mindset and recruitment um, approach to probably a quite a transactional market, and I think the, the the balance that they're getting is actually working really really well. They're sort of 
you know, taking maybe market share from the Shrek firms, but being a bit more nimble. And yeah, it's it's been a it's been really interesting to see over the last five years how who the successful recruiters have been over there. And there's obviously a huge demand, and you know, it's a huge country. So um, yeah, it's definitely definitely something that uh, will be will be growing over the next few few years, I'm sure. Um, well, I think our data shows that you know even in the UK the market's not saturated. There's still a lot of recruitment that takes place, even by quite large firms, that doesn't run through the industry. Um, and I think there's uh, there's potential there for the for for the UK cake to get bigger. But also as we do that, for us to find ways to, uh, uh, as you say, use that experience to uh, to succeed internationally. Internationally, great. Amazing. Well, thank you. That's really super interesting. And I think, you know, be really, really um, beneficial to our listeners. Um, anything else that you want to cover off before we uh, before we hop off? Because when you're meant to be 15 minutes and we're now 30. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's just say one thing, which it, which is this, you know, it is a profession. I know we all fell into it to some extent. So I know I did. But there's yeah. a reason we stayed. Um, and I think holding our heads high, valuing what we what we do and being proud of ourselves as an industry, I think that's one part of uh, getting to that high value service led proposition that that we all want to re- to reach. So uh, um, all in it together in one of Britain and the world's leading service industries. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very proud to be in it. And thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we wish you well for the rest of the year. Absolute pleasure, Lisa. Thanks for your time.